0: Core is the central most important part of something. Hi, this is Greg. I'm one of the pastors here at West Valley Christian Church. The core of the church is the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. This is what drives this church not to drive all churches. However, how that is done varies from church to church. In this series, we'll take a look at our church's five core values and how they drive us to be the best we can be at fulfilling our existence. We hope you enjoy. All right, all right. Well, okay. So here's the deal. We have been going through a series. Um, high five, give, give a high five, high five. Remember, don't touch anyone because then, you know, you'll get in trouble. But um, <laughs> high five. Uh, but uh, a high five is our core values. And, and the very first week, a couple of weeks ago, I, I set the stage by um, sharing with you a passage out of Matthew 16, 18, where Jesus looks at Peter and he says, upon this rock, I will build my what? I'll build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. Do you remember that? And I said, what was going on in Jesus' mind when he said that to Peter? What did he picture as a church? Was it... Brick and mortar? Absolutely not. Was it a building? No. But what is it that Jesus was picturing when he said, upon this rock, I'll build my church? And I pressed into that. But basically, the cliff note, cliff note version is this. And you know what I'm going to say. If you've been around West Valley at any period at all, we know that the greatest, the greatest commandment, when Jesus was asked, what is the greatest commandment? He answered with, and I'm going to give you the short version of Matthew chapter 22, Love the Lord your God with what? All your heart, soul, mind, strength, and then what? Love your neighbor as yourself. My opinion of what Jesus saw when he said to Peter, upon this rock I'll build my church, is a place where people loved God and people love people. And I, I don't care if you're... you're Calvary next door, or Shepherd of the Hills down that way, or the Methodist church that way, or if you're in Pacoima, or if you're in Arizona, or if you're in Maine, or if you're in Israel, or if you're in Germany, it doesn't matter. Every church, I believe, ought to have this at its foundation. Love God, love people. But then I said, then there's this thing called core values, right? And core values is really specific to each church. Just like you and I have different experiences, we have different gifts, we have different talents, right? Each and every one of us. So I can't expect my, my buddy Dan here to live his life out the way I live my life out. This guy could tear it up on a guitar. This guy will tear a guitar, right? right? And we all have different gifts, right, on how we're gonna live that out. Churches are the same way. We're not supposed to be the church next door. We're not supposed to be the church down the street. We're supposed to be the best us in helping people love God and love others, amen? So when I took over about five years ago, um, this was a three-year process and Glenn was a part of this before I ever became lead pastor and shared it with you. But I said, if there's five filters in which we drive ministry through through, as a staff and as a church, if we could boil down all all these values that are out there and all of them are significant, but for us at West Valley Christian Church, we have five. And so that's what this series is to help you understand what those five are. And as a pastor, I would love every member of our church and every non-member of our church to go, West Valley Christian Church exists to help people love God and love others. And the bonus would be for you to be able to rattle off the five core values. Pastor John gave us a, a way to do this um, early on. It had to be about five years ago. He, he called it G-felt. Generosity. We haven't got to there yet, right? fun, excellence, life change team. It's a good way to remember it. So let me take you through what we've already gone through as a reminder. So if you're taking notes, write this down. Number one is is just a review, but I think it's very, very significant. The very first week was life change. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17 is such a beautiful passage. It's an encouraging passage. It's a set-free passage. It's a vision uh, uh, passage. It says, therefore... Actually, let's read this together, ready? Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, and that's key, that's key to this verse, if you're in Christ, if you're not in Christ, we, we, you've got to get to a place where you can say, I am in Christ, and that's a whole other topic. But it says, therefore, let's read this, right? Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old is gone, and the new is here. And I talked about this big word, sanctification. Can you say that with me? Sanctification. We don't use that word often, but what I like is sanctification equals transformation. I was at a pastor's conference this last week with my wife. It was pastors and their wives out in Arizona. And uh, there was a little session on preaching and the guy that was leading it asked, what's important to you? And when he came to me, I just simply said this. For me, transformation is, is more important than information. And, and, and not that this is what's most important, right? That God's word, that God's word is preached, okay? This is more important than this. Amen? Okay? Once this starts taken away from this, get out of here or get me out of here. Did you hear that? I mean that. This is of most importance. But if all we do is consume a bunch of information, and all I do is preach to your mind so that you could regurgitate, so you could throw up all kinds of wonderful information, but your life is not changed, I believe I've missed the mark. Because I don't think Jesus has got a, you know, we get up there to heaven, he's got a book and says, all right, we're going to have a quiz. No. I think Jesus is more concerned with transformation than us gathering a bunch of information, all right? So at West Valley, we, we want to highlight life change. You know, last uh, couple of weeks ago, I had one of our gentlemen who was playing the drums up there. Was that awesome, hearing John? Yes. And the truth is, we have all kinds of transformation going on in here. Now, let me say this, and I'm pounding on this again, because it's so in my heart. We don't have children's ministry and we don't have a wonderful teens ministry and a woman's ministry and a men's ministry and a prayer ministry and a missions ministry and all these ministries so that we could stay busy. Did you know that? See, busy, the devil would be happy with a busy church as long as no one's changing. Does that make sense? Are, are you getting this? The devil would be happy with a very, very busy church as long as none of us are becoming more like Christ. But we use these ministries are significant for the purpose of transformation, and remember, transformation is a process. I point behind that screen. The Wizard of Oz is back now. Yeah. Behind the screen is a baptistry. You know what it, it, it? It's something we ordered online. It's basically a jacuzzi. Yeah, and I, I hope to not hurt your hearts. But you know where we get that water? We don't get it from the Holy Land. We get it from DWP. And guess what? That water's costing us a lot more every week, it seems like. Can I hear an amen on that one? You know what I'm talking about? So, so when people give their life to Christ and are immersed in there, it has nothing to do with the water. It has to do with the heart. All that water disappears after the service. And then they clean it all out. Next Sunday, they put more more water in and heat it up. Unless we want to give a little shock to the person that's getting baptized and we don't put the heater on and they get in there, it's cold. (laughs) But the point is this you don't go and give your life to Christ, get immersed in baptism, all of a sudden your mouth is different. And all of a sudden your heart's different, or your eyes are different, and everything's lined up. It's not like you go in a microwave, push Christian two minutes, pop out perfect. Transformation is. It's a process. So here's my challenge. Are you still transforming into the likeness of Christ? See, I don't care how young you are or how old you are. We ought to be better today than we were last week. And I understand this. Chuck Swindoll had a great book, three steps forward, two steps back. How many of you could relate to that in life, especially in your Christian life? Three steps forward, two steps. But here's, here's the positive. You're still a step ahead, right? So don't beat yourself up. i had one guy after service just go, man, I just can't get rid of my mouth. I just tell, well, keep working at it. Don't be defeated. Look how far you have come. All right? So life changed. Then then the wonderful, amazing, spectacular Pastor John preached last week, right? Do you even remember what you preached on last week, Pastor John? Yeah? What was it? Excellent. Good job. See, he's so good. <laughs> Excellence. Excellence is a core value of West Valley. And I love how John just simplified it. Excellence is giving our best. Excellence is being our best. And how many of us have settled for less in our life? And what's beautiful about what Pastor John says, it's not be like Rob Denton or be like Lori Craft or be like Winnie, Right? It's be you. And so sometimes we'll look at people and compare ourselves and go, oh, I'm not as good at them. Or sometimes like Pastor John says, we'll look at certain people so we feel better about ourselves. That's what you guys do every Sunday when I'm preaching. I make you feel better about yourselves. You're like, at least I'm not him. <laughs> you can laugh. It's okay. Remember, it's fun. But the, the, the truth is, it's just being our best. And it's true with churches. We can't compare ourselves to that church or that church or that church. We just got to be our best with what God has given us. And so as a staff, you know, we, I'll talk maybe about Harvest Festival, but one of the things that'll happen at our staff meeting, I always point there, no, we don't have it in heaven. It's the second floor right there. And first question out the door, usually, every, every staff meeting is, how was Sunday? What was the good? What was the bad? What was the stuff that needed to be changed? And we evaluate because we want to be better. I mean, it just happened. You guys got to see a video. They didn't get to see first service. I got up here first service. The video didn't work. So I laughed and we went with it, right? So in between services, we figure it out. That's what you do. And that's what you do in your life, because you will have mistakes, and you'll fail at times, and you just go for your best. Your best is not perfection, by the way. Some of you were raised in that house. Some of you are that house, okay? God, this book has never called me to perfection. It's called me to commitment. Write that one down. So excellence Now we get to our third core value, fun. Write that down, fun. That's our second point for today, fun. Some of you are bah humbugs. Some of you look at that and go, that is so unspiritual. How can a church have fun at its core value? Boy, you're a lot of fun to be around. Well, it is an important core value, as you will see, and especially for those of you that tend to be the bah humbug or the eeyore I would love to challenge you to listen in. Here's the definition of fun as found in Webster's. Pleasure, enjoyment, excitement, lightheartedness. Don't you think that God wired us for those things? I want to say that again. Fun is pleasure. That makes it sound more spiritual for those of you that are struggling with the word fun, by the way. Enjoyment, excitement, lightheartedness. And this pastor thinks this, that fun does battle with stress, anger, disappointment, depression, and the list goes on. Did you hear that? Fun does battle with stress, worry, anger, depression, and etc. I want you to turn to Colossians chapter three. I want us to be very, very practical here today. Colossians chapter three, if you've been around here long enough, you know this is one of my favorite passages. But Colossians chapter three, verse one says this, since then you have been raised with Christ. There again is the key. Raised with who? Christ. Christ is the key to all of this. Since then you have been raised with Christ, set your heart on what? Set your heart where? On the things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on what? Set your mind on what, church? Set your mind on the things above. Not set your mind on the Wall Street Journal. Not set your mind on uh, the to-do list. Not set your mind on CNN or Fox News. Not set your mind on on, 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 on the political climate that's going on. Not set your mind on what's happening with the pandemic. Not set your mind on all those crazy videos that are going around. Set your mind on Christ. And I keep saying this, especially for the last 19 months, where it's so easy for our minds to be diverted onto the things that God doesn't care about. If all we do is focus on all those things, we're missing Christ and what is of most importance and value. Now, are all those other things significant in our lives? Absolutely. But we have to consume them through the filter of Christ. If we don't, no wonder we're depressed. No wonder we're angry. No wonder, and here's here's a visual. No wonder some of us are so wound tight. Don't nudge the person next to you. Right? Like, can I say this? And I'm not promoting the use of drugs, but take a chill pill. And in the church, as Christ followers, some of us really need to take a chill pill. Loosen up. And find fun and joy and pleasure and excitement in life again. Because the devil is like a Hoover vacuum cleaner that just loves to come alongside of us and suck us dry. Amen? Will you listen to that, please? In a, in a, in a, know my heart. I'm so frustrated that the devil's winning on so many of our lives hearts and minds right now. And that's why Paul's words, set your mind on the things above. Set your heart on the things above. Not on what, church? Not on earthly things. You know, some of us, it's even hard for us to think of the word fun, let alone say the word fun. And part of it is because you were raised in an environment that did not allow you to have any fun. Everything was so tense. Everything was so serious. Everything was so wound tight. Is there a time to be respectful? Absolutely. Is there a time to be reverent? Absolutely. Is there a time for you know, stillness? Yes, but there's a time where we can enjoy and laugh and be a little silly. And not take ourselves so what? So seriously. Luke chapter 10 is a perfect example of this in my mind. It's a familiar story if you've been raised in the church. Luke chapter 10, starting in verse 38. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named what? Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister. Her name was what? Mary. Mary. I can't hear you at home. What? Yeah. Okay, good. She had a sister named Mary who sat at the Lord's... Oh, where was she? She was sitting at the Lord's feet, listening to what he said. But there's the button in the Bible, not two Ts, but just one. But Martha was distracted. Did you catch that? Martha was distracted. She's not a bad person, but she's distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. They had to be made. How many of you can identify with that? Don't raise your hand. No, <laughs> no. Right? You're the, the type eight person. It has to be done. has to be it has to be And it's like, and sometimes, sometimes that personality is the one that has a hard time with fun. Because you can't have fun if the list isn't all checked off. And by the way, for most of those people, the list is never, ever checked off. So you can never have fun, and fun's a sin. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had been made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Here's Jesus. Martha, Martha. (laughs) Do you think there was one of these? Oh, Martha, Martha. You are what? you're wound tight. You're wound tight, Martha. You are worried and upset about what? Many things. I think a lot of the reason you and I in our society today have a hard time with this word fun, enjoyment, pleasures, because we're just upset and we're worried and we're distracted over so many things. Do you agree with that? And I, I believe on behalf of the Lord, I'm saying you have permission to enjoy life. You have permission to not have to live in depression and anger and being ungrateful. Garbage in, garbage out. And what hurts my heart is, yeah, I get it out there. I mean, if you're walking this life without Christ right now and you're in this room, it's a hard life to live. Because what I understand is I am a Christ follower. I love Jesus. I know he's died for my sins. I've done the best I can to give my life to him. And life still is hard at times, right? But church, shouldn't we lead the way in this core value of fun? See, a lot of our friends and a lot of our family and a lot of our co workers and a lot of the world, they see us, the church, as ball humbug. Did you know that? Like, why would I want to come to church with those people? See, you need to know as a staff and as a lead pastor here, I know it's an incredible risk for you to invite a friend, for you to invite a friend, a family member, a co worker. Someone that works, uh, plays on your kids' sports teams, whatever, whatever it is, it's a risk for you to invite them. But imagine they pull in and one of us slides into a parking spot right in front of them, kind of like the Christmas season kind of thing that we're walking into. And they're like, okay, whatever, you know, and then they park and then they walk down the thing here and then all of a sudden, they're at the door, instead of being greeted nicely and warmly and welcomed with a smile, it's like, yeah, it's right in there, the service. And they come through the lobby and it's like, yeah, communion's right there and you just find your way in there. And then you come in here and Manny's at the piano just banging on it and just like, (laughs) (laughs) and she's singing words like, Jesus is the greatest in the world and he's my redeemer and I love him. And he's, "Oh, oh, how happy I am. And her face is like, and then he followed up with, not me, but Pastor John comes up here, you know. And he's spouting off whatever he's spouting off, and he's got that face. and I love you, man. I am in so much trouble. I'm just going to tell you that right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's a back door. And he talks about Jesus or I talk about Jesus. Oh, give your life. And Do you see where I'm getting that? It's like everything's so negative and so critical and there's no joy. And, and you're like, give your life to that. Your life can be changed too. Like if I'm a normal human being, I'm like, I don't want any part of that. But church, especially in the environment in the last 19 months, isn't that true that we have to guard against that? Not as just as individuals, but as a church. Like Like what this church is really a value of ours is we want the world to know what we're for, not what we're against. Did you hear that? We want the, the world to know what we're for, not against. And most, most most people out there are looking at Christians going, oh, they're always complaining about this and complaining about this. No. That's why I talked about the gospel two weeks ago. Amen? The gospel is the good news of Jesus Christ, the death, the burial, and resurrection. Are you with me? So with that said, you look at Mary and Martha, you are worried and upset about many things. Too many of us are wound too, so tight that pleasure is squeezed right out of us. Excitement finds its way onto the floor. And we are just an old, dried up, crusty sponge. Negative spirit, bah humbug, deflating, unChrist-like attitude. I think of a brand new bike. You know those new bikes with the tires that are like this? big old thing, brand new bike. Picture that up there. The tires are nice and full. You get on it. It was meant for, to ride and enjoy, right? Someone comes along, and they deflate the tires, and you no longer can even move forward. I think life does that to us with of humbug spirits. I think some of us, we have either deflated the joy and the excitement and the passion and the fun out of our lives, or someone else has. I want us as individuals to lead the way out in fun, and I want us as a church to lead the way out in fun. What a way to be the light of the world. Psalms 118.24 says this. This is the day. You guys know this one, right? This is the day what? This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us what? Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Uh, just a, just, a, just a accountability for myself and you. Have you thanked the Lord for today? here's what I'm learning. The older I get, the more people pass away. Isn't that weird? Have you, have you seen that? You know, I, I, It's like all of a sudden I'm not at that age where a lot of people's uh, parents are passing away. And um, you just go, oh, there's more death. No, there's not more death. I'm just older now. <laughs> you know. But here's the reality. It doesn't matter if you're old or young. We are not promised tomorrow, are we? We're not promised tomorrow. So you know what? Most days, most days, I am so incredibly grateful to be alive. Are you? Are you? Or are you worried about the bills, relationships, pandemic, marriage, wayward child? The list goes on. All those things are important, but they're not more important than finding joy and pleasure in each day that God has given us. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. So practical. I want to get to practical. The last point is, is how to have fun. Some of us don't know how to have fun. Yeah, I know who you are in this room. I <laughs> know. But I mean, that's true. And some of it's not our fault. We just don't know how to have fun. And some of us really don't have too much fun. And there's a balance in this. But I want to give you my personal opinion on how to have fun. Number one, place it on the radar. It's not going to happen by osmosis for some of us. Some of us naturally are that way. But a lot of you, and, and I'm being dead serious, some think I'm joking. Some of you have to put it on the calendar. Some of you have to calendar pleasure, fun, enjoyment. Joy. You have to calendar it. And I I say this, it should be calendared every day. And it could be just like 10 minutes, 15 minutes, an hour. And then in a week, it should be like a half a day. And in a month, you should give yourself a day. And in a year, there should be a week or two weeks where literally you work at this and it just becomes part of who you are. So place it on the radar. For some of us, if it's not on the radar, it ain't happening. The squeaky wheel gets the what? Gets the grease. It gets the attention. Psalms Psalms 118, 28, and 29. You are my God, and I will praise you. You are my God, and I will exalt you. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is what? For he is good. His love endures forever. Every day ought to be enjoyed, and every day ought to have some fun. Come on. Even the difference, honestly, between this service and last service, they're just bouncing off the wall. I think your coffee's gone down a little bit here, and we got to get some more in there. If I told you I promised you free donuts... Will that help? But here's the, the deal. It, it, it starts in our hearts and our minds, doesn't it? We've got to put it on the radar. Proverbs chapter 17, verse 22, a cheerful heart is what? A cheerful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. How many dry bones do we have in this room? Don't raise your hand. How many dry bone churches are out there? You and I have been given life and given it to the full. We've been given it abundantly. We've been given grace and forgiveness, and it ought to be oozing out of us. And that's where we ought to put a smile on our face, a little gip in the giddy, right? And we should, be, we should just be oozing with that. And I know some days are harder than others. I get that. But at the end of the day, you and I have been saved by the blood of Jesus Christ, We've been saved by the blood of Jesus Christ, and I think sometimes we forget that. It's like we punch the ticket to heaven, and then we just go on with life. Rewind and remember that you are a child of God. You are loved, and there's purpose to your life. And part of that is to have that beautiful smile right there. Right? Have that beautiful smile. That doesn't mean life's not hard sometimes, does it? I wish you could see what I'm seeing right now. No, But fun is a choice. I am on this retreat. It was awesome because it was geared towards husbands and their wives. There's very few retreats for pastors like that. The very first night, the guy gives these stats that are just devastating. I keep hearing these numbers, but they're getting worse and worse with pastors. But by the handful, pastors are leaving churches right now the pandemic and all that stuff has just worn out pastors across our country. Maybe world, but definitely our country. Churches are closing their doors in greater numbers than they ever have. I mean, he gave all of these stats and it was a little depressing. But one of the things that they did is one of the days that they, 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 you, know, you go from about eight to two and all these sessions. And then one day they, 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 they marked out like four or five hours for us to have some fun. And here's the choice. We're out in the middle of the desert, in the middle of the desert. We're in Arizona, but we're in the Arizona that you don't hear about. And I'm calling it a dude ranch. You know why I call it a dude ranch? Because there was cowboy hats and there was horses. That's that's what this city boy knows, right? So here's the choices. You could golf. That sounds good. You could horseback ride. You could skeet shoot, or you get a massage. So in the Dent House, I think if uh, you guys were to vote, you knew what happened in the Dent House. I went golfing. Lisa got a massage. Horseback riding, I don't even understand how they put that on that list of fun. Like bamboo shoots under the fingernails would have been more fun. Now, I know I just insulted some of you. Like one lady, I'm gonna question equestrian. I, I get it. That's fun for you. My point is this. We all have different definitions of fun. So, what might be pleasurable for me, like golfing for some of you, you might as well put you know, bamboo shoots in your fingernails. You're like, there's nothing fun about it. What I thought would be cool is if they integrated two of them skeet shooting and golf. Yeah. Right? So, you got someone with a, a pitchy wedge and they hit it up in the air, bam, you know? <laughs> Anyone want to go into business with me on that one? We'll talk afterwards. We'll have some fun. All right? So, so, so that's, that's the point. I'm not going to tell you how to have pleasure, how to have fun. You all do different things. Some of you love reading a book. That is awful for me. I have probably four or 500 books in my office and I've read a lot of them because I have to. But some of you read because you think it's fun. Are you with me? Put it on the radar. The second thing that I'd like to, to say is to set yourself up. Build pleasure and fun and lightheartedness into your schedule. Set yourself up for fun. And like I said, fun is subjective. You know, my household, this is going to cause division. I'm just going to tell you right now. In my household, our rule is balls must be thrown in the house. <laughs> Most of your households, balls can't be thrown. I mean, literally, our, if you know, our, 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 we rebuilt our house many years ago and it was set up Lisa thinks for, like, family room, kitchen, it was, no, it was better to play wiffle ball in there because it had better long distance. Soccer. We play soccer. Now, I didn't say this first service because my wife was in here, and then she would, she would say, no, but we've never broken anything, ever, <laughs> with my two boys. But, I mean, our Nerf wars in there, I, I can't even tell you the stuff that we do in our house, but... There's times where dad's work is so intense, I need to be able to go home and unwind. How about you? And I need to model that for my kids. And I haven't always done that. Drew's in here. Drew knows. Drew, did we break anything? See, Drew said no. (laughs) I didn't give him a chance to answer, did I? But I don't think we did. Easton probably did, but not you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Are you with me on all this? Are you hearing my heart? Figure out how you can have the joy of the Lord in your life, how you can have some fun, how you can unwind, how you can combat stress and worry and anxiety. As a church, we do this. How many of you went to Harvest Festival yesterday? Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. You know, that's been a big thing for us. We, I don't know the numbers, but I guarantee you we had over 1,000 people here yesterday. We've never had Harvest Festival not on Halloween, and we haven't had it outside for probably 10 plus years, and we think we had probably more people than ever, and it was crazy out there, and it was fun, and it was a lot of work, and you know what it was like to see kids with big smiles? You know what it was like to see them running around? You know what it was like to have big bags of candy and the toys that they wanted? You know what it was like to see adults having fun picking up those bean bags? (laughs) in the wet sponges. You see, part of what we talk about at staff all the time is fun. Go to our staff meeting. It takes us about how long, John? 15 minutes to actually get into something of any kind of value? A <laughs> poor Mandy Penno who joined an, 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 um, in our youth guy, uh, Zach. Zach was more apt to this, and, and Mandy definitely has fun. But I mean, we, who knows what we talk about the first 15 minutes? It's random, random. But we love to have fun because our job's serious. Oh, I'll stop on that. Are you with me? All right. The last point is this. Apply now. This is the day the Lord has made. So, so start now. Start today. Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death. That's not fun, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. That's pretty cool. See, we put things in perspective, it'll help set us free. I want to close with this. Proverbs 15.13, a happy heart makes the face cheerful, but heartache crushes the spirit. Friends, life is hard, but God is good. And we have a lot to be thankful for put fun on the radar, set yourself up, and apply now. Maybe some of you need to actually go home and carve a pumpkin today. Actually enjoy a child knocking on your door and saying trick-or-treat instead of the opposite. Maybe you need to watch a ball game today or take a walk or turn off your phone and your computer. For this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Father, thank you. Forgive us for the times as a church where we've taken ourselves too seriously and not lived out this core value. Forgive us in our own lives where maybe we've done that. Help us to take what is true of today's message and apply it and whatever's not, just throw it to the wayside. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit us at wvcch.org or you can join us live in one of our Sunday services. Have a great day.